You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. All right, well, we've got Simon Mulvaney of Save the Bees Australia. Uh, he's back in the studio with us, and a pretty timely and interesting time to have you back in the studio. So welcome, Simon. Thanks, Piers. Just a little bit of background, and you will. There are podcasts on our website about uh, what the history of what's been going on. But uh, you have actually had a legal dispute with Capilano Honey, which is Australia's biggest honey business, um, and that legal dispute has been um, over claims that you've made about um, about the honey that they're selling on supermarket shelves being adulterated with Chinese honey, uh, or even with um, with non-honey um, additives to bulk it up and to uh, to basically make it a cheaper product to produce and to be able to sell, quote unquote, as honey. Yeah, um, I was cr- very critical of the corporation that we knew as 100% Australian, and I was shocked that they were importing Chinese honey at all, and then. Um, I'd probably gone a bit further to say I questioned the standards of Chinese honey and whether maybe in China they were doing things that bogged up honey. Mm. And at that stage, I don't think I had had said that um, that was happening in Capilano products. But yeah, why this is timely is someone has paid for the extremely expensive research to be done on the honey. And um, yeah, they have found that... 50% 50% of the honey in Australian supermarkets have been adulterated, um, which, yeah, maybe I did prophesize um, two years earlier. <laughs> We've got to avoid the sort of backslapping and, uh, I don't know, smugness that might go with uh, being able to say, I told you so, because the legal issue that you've got with Capilano honey is actually not resolved completely at the moment, is it? No, and, and, and ironically, Capilano have been in the midst of a takeover deal, mm. and on the back of that, a potential Chinese Australian who is taking over Capilano was in the Australian um, last week saying that in the medium term, Capilano would not import any honey at all. Now, I think they knew that this was coming. Mm. And um, I know Ben McKee did a speech. Um, he's the he's boss of the CEO of Capilano yep. um, announcing to beekeepers that Aldi was going to stop selling the Chinese honey. Mm. And then he also mentioned that Australians do not want to buy Chinese honey anymore. So what's happened is a gentleman by the name of Costa, who is a big sort of horticulturalist in Australia, very successful businessman and farmer and grower and a person who does for some of his businesses rely on bees for pollination. He has actually spent his own money to take a sample of honeys that are sold on supermarket shelves in Australia at the, all the big supermarket chains. So he took a sample of, um, a, I believe it's a discount brand or discount line that Capilano has. Uh, is it a Lowry? That was a Lowry, yeah. Yep. And he took a sample of that. He took a sample of Aldi's honey, their, their own sort of um, Aldi branded honey, IGA's own branded honey, and basically sent them off to a German lab where a type of testing was done which is different to the standard that is used by Australia and which Capilano claims to have been adhering to, the Australian standard, which has been around for a long time. 
some say the the standard that that uses has been superseded. In other words, there are techniques now of blending honey, of, of perhaps introducing syrups and things to kind of bulk it up to make it look like honey or make it taste like honey. But in fact, it's just cheap sugar that's being added, basically, or syrupy sugar. It, it's actually more detailed than that. It, it um, in the past you could put corn syrup in and and you could pick up the corn syrup. Mm. But um, the the cheats they worked out rice syrup and beetroot syrup could be added. So the testing standard that Australia has been using for a long time now is inadequate because the types of honey and the blends that are being used are not able to be picked up by that test. So hence, Robert Costa, the co-founder of the Costa Group, which is Australia's largest grower, marketer and exporter of fresh fruit and vegetables. Robert Costa paid out of his own money, engaged a law firm, which coincidentally was involved in overseeing and organising the sale of Capilano honey to possibly a, a private equity business which is from Asia, so Singapore, Hong Kong interests, mm-hmm. or even I believe there are local Australian food producers that are also. I wanting, believe Bega. Bega is Bega. Yep. So there's so there's kind of potentially a bidding war, and it's a very sensitive time for Capilano. They obviously want to sell at a good price. They've been watching their share price go up because of speculation about the sale, the imminent sale. Then it turns out that the the law firm engaged by uh, Robert Costa. You know, it was also handling the sale of Capilano. Now, what Robert Costa asked Mallisons to organise for him was to have the selection of, of Australian supermarket honeys from different companies tested overseas in a German lab using a system called nuclear magnetic resonance, which is a way of detecting impurities in honey and is a, a more up-to-date system than the, than the regime that's been used by Australia up until now. The best system in the world at the moment. Right. And the most reliable system in the world. And And that has found that nearly half of honeys that are sitting on, or up until recently were sitting for sale on Australian supermarket shelves were actually not 100% honey. They've been adulterated with with agents to bulk them up with with cheap sugary syrups, which uh, are very hard for some testing regimes and even hard to taste the difference. Although I guess if you're a real honey lover, you you would know the difference. The, the giveaway for beekeepers and, and for consumers is that it doesn't crystallise or, or last right. on the shelf for a hell of a long time. Right. Because honey will last indefinitely, won't it? Pure it, it, honey, well, it doesn't go off. It's, it's a natural preservative. Absolutely. Mm. And a lot of these honeys have used-by dates on them. Mm. I think that's a legal requirement, though. Yeah, you, you would know if you get honey of a local beekeeper, it will crystallise maybe in a month or so. It depends on what variety of plant. Mm. But uh, some of this stuff I've been collecting for samples, I've got in my cupboard and I've been laughing at it because it's been there for a year and it's still liquid. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's an amazing product. So basically what you have been saying, and it will be very interesting, and obviously this is something that we want to keep in touch with you about, what happens with your legal case with Capilano from now, because obviously Capilano are not going to want to have any, they're not going to want bad publicity. This story that broke on the 730 report, which was basically exposing the the results of this, this German test using the NMR system, it's not perfect timing for them at all, given that they're in the middle of selling the company. The opposite. Maybe perfect timing for me, mm. um, really. It was the one missing link in the court case I didn't have. Mm. And um, you, you might know, I've also got those contempt hearings over me as well. For mm. They say that uh, I have breached a couple of the orders that were made ex parte against me. Now, something that we just touched on off air before beginning this interview was in the 730 report program that was aired 
Monday the 3rd of September and you can get that if you want to see it on iview you can easily get that through the iview app and you can watch it on catch-up TV but one of the clear things that they said and, and presumably this is very much with an eye to avoiding legal action was that there was no suggestion that any of the companies that are selling this stuff through selling this adulterated honey did so knowingly did so wittingly so that so how, how convenient is that so you're a corporation and you've got a choice you can use the most relevant testing it's been around for a couple of years or you can use a legal type of testing that enables you to sell the cheap stuff so look they can use the word unwittingly but we've spoken here two years about these issues and a high-rated documentary came out last year called rotten which was surrounded around this type of testing which is why arbic the honey board council and the australian government suggested that this should be the new regime because the same samples that were tested and found to nearly half of them to be adulterated by the german nmr test using the official australian test the c4 test all of those same samples passed the other thing that I thought was interesting about this, and I don't know whether you're prepared to comment at this point, was that the peak Australian honey body, which oversees the industry, and on which Capilano, I believe, have two board members, that body recently recommended to the Australian government, or I think they have sent a, a letter to the Australian government recommending that the old system for testing honey in Australia be replaced with this nuclear magnetic resonance method that was used in Germany recently. Now, when Capilano were asked whether they had supported that boardroom vote, they basically said they couldn't recall which way they'd voted. Do you know anything about, um, about I, this? I, I, I watched um, the 7.30 report last night mm. and they'd received leaked documents off the minutes of, of that um, boardroom, boardroom yep. meeting mm. and it was unanimous. So the, the two... Capilano people there, the chairman and the other guy who can't remember, apparently had agreed that this was a more a better test to to use. So it was unanimous, mm. um, I, which, which I took to say everyone voted for the new regime of testing. Mm. So they're in a bit of a pickle mm. with that leaked document. Why? Well, for, for me, it, it, it's a bit like you know, the Essendon drug scandal. Would have been worse if they'd voted against it, wouldn't it? If they if they, if they were the only two dissenting votes who were in favour of no, the... No, no, op- because now they're saying that the test results, that they don't I, trust I know the that, test I know results. That. So, so they're kind of contradicting themselves. They're contradicting themselves. They're, they're caught in a, a quandary. And one of my... Probably why I've got such a big following is Arbic have been complicit with Capilano. And the reason they are is because they're 75% funded by Capilano. They're conflicted. I think Arbic's going to have to step aside from Capilano and be able to give all beekeepers a voice rather than the corporate voice that it's become. I thought it was also interesting that uh, Robert Costa, who commissioned this this checking of Australian supermarket honeys at Germany's Quality Services International Lab. He was asked on that 7.30 show, you know, whether he was surprised at all by these results, and he said, no, not at all. So it sounds to me, you know, just as, as for you, that this was reasonably common knowledge that the honey that was being sold as honey, in fact, contained stuff that wasn't honey. So no one's denying that this that there was the use of of, of overseas produced honey, Chinese honey, for example. 
But what is disturbing that's come out in the 7.30 report is that it wasn't actually 70% Chinese honey or Chinese pure honey. It was other material. It was stuff to bulk up the product so that you could basically, because honey's quite expensive to produce mm. and bees are in short supply. Bees have suffered from disease and this is stuff that we've talked about before. So being able to sell something that looks to most people like honey and tastes to most people pretty much like honey, but that isn't honey, uh, that contains a lot of uh, cheap syrups, mainly sugar, to bulk them up. That's going into the area of food fraud. The program also mentioned a gentleman by the name of McCabe, who is in charge of the international body that, that, uh, that oversees you know, the world's honey producers. He said that he's actually been working with Interpol to help them investigate the role of organised crime, basically, in food fraud and particularly related to honey. Look, he said he wasn't surprised. Obviously, I wasn't surprised. Mm. There's not many beekeepers I know that are surprised. I went to the Australian Beekeeping Congress, the biggest expert in the world, Roberto Garcia. He put up a graph of Chinese exports in honey and a graph on how many hives China have had over you know, the last decade. They've got a fraction more hives, but the amount they're exporting has just gone up vertically. I've had both the apiary officers in Mexico and Argentina contacting me recently, and they're commending me for my fight and saying that they're being affected in those countries and it's ruining their livelihood. Where this becomes really catastrophic and, and why Mr Costa probably got into this whole thing is because we need bees for pollination and food security. Mm. China can be very strategic. And one thing, Capilano, I've done over the last mm, 10 years is started buying the apiary sites. So actually the land you can put the bees on. Right. So if this gets taken over by a Chinese consortium, the Chinese now own the the, the bees Mm. or or the the, the apiary sites and the honey Mm. but then also we can't um, grow our food anymore and get the bees to pollinate our food because we won't have the beehives to do it so that's happening all all around the world so you know you could see I could just imagine these Chinese people coming up with these strategies 10 years ahead of time and implementing them and and we we the Australians just trustingly get fooled. Meanwhile, we're not going to be able to supply our own food for our children in the future. So it raises a lot of issues about food fraud generally and food security and safety. Because uh, and this is one of the things you've just mentioned, and it was raised in the seven thirty show last night that it, whether Australia is too trusting of imported foods generally. So we have a lot of food that you know that might say made from local and imported ingredients without specifying any ratio it might say made with a minimum of of 80 percent australian ingredients or it might be you know 50 percent australian ingredients but but what the other 50 percent is and there's kind of an assumption we we make the innocent assumption that oh okay maybe maybe imported so it's come from a cheaper a country that's produced the same thing more cheaply but what this honey case is is suggesting is that, in fact, to save money, we could be having all you know really anything added to to claim to to kind of look to appear to taste to seem like it is one thing when in fact it could be something completely different, which is potentially even harmful. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Like you think of orange juice, and you see the back of that, but usually they say twenty five percent orange juice, and oh, you know, I guess they can fill it up with water or something like that. Honey is another one that's been incredibly easy to 
It'd be fraudulent about. Hmm. It's the tip of the iceberg. That, that's that's the, the worst case scenario. And when you hear that Interpol is, is getting involved in this and that you know there is money, that there is there's big business involved in this and, and then there's also the suggestion that organized crime has, has become involved in this because it's it's lucrative. You know, you can it's a it's a it's a simple fraud. You know, you, you, you can sell what you call honey to companies in Australia, a company like Capilano potentially. They take it, perhaps unwittingly, add it to their own honey, and they can then sell that on a unit price, you know, for more than they could if they if they hadn't um, had that cheaper component. And we've added. spoken about it before. One of mm. the things that was really devastating was they were re-exporting this honey. Mm. So then our Australia's reputation as an exporter now of honey is really tarnished. Mm. We're considered high risk. Mm. It, it really lacks foresight mm. and then if you really think about it well m- maybe it was they were just pre- been preparing this company to be sold for a while and you know it's just probably hit them at the nick of time but then you've got to question this kind of timing too and and then what this going on in the middle of a takeover deal is is fascinating as mm. well mm. would be very interesting to hear from Capilano Honey, so if they're listening to this and they want to get in contact with us, uh, we would be very happy for them to well, do so. Well, they had that opportunity on um, the 7.30 report to make a comment. Right. They chose not to. Yep. I, I just think when these corporations choose not to make a comment, you know, it, it says a lot. Mm. It, it's, it's full of intrigue, this. I mean, I find that the fact that, that the same law firm, which they've now switched away from, was acting for... Robert Costa, as was also handling the sale of Capilano, you know that is a, an amazing coincidence and an amazing conflict for a you know a top tier law firm such as King and Wood Mallisons. It's also been said by Phil McCabe, the president of the International Federation of Beekeepers Association. Uh, I think he's based in the UK. He actually said that he has been working with Interpol already and uh, that he would refer the tests obtained by Fairfax Media and 7.30 Report uh, and commissioned by top law firm King and Wood Mallisons to Interpol for further investigations. So we're going to hear more about this. And, and the ACCC are involved too. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.